The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome, everyone. My name is James Robinson, and this is Get Real Radio. This is actually the first show of a series of shows we'll be doing, and I'm very excited to be hosting this show format because one of the things I've experienced in my spiritual journey is that there's so many misconceptions that people have about what spirituality is and what it's for, how it can help us, how it can change our lives. And there's a lot of misinformation I have found that people are getting. And so I have, when a Voice America called me to do a radio show, I asked him if I could do something that would help educate people to the things that uh, were probably less of, of integrity and, and to try to let people know what the good stuff is, the stuff that works. And so in that vein, I have invited a, a group of people. Uh, we'll be interviewing them uh, one by one on each show, and it'll be a whole broad spectrum of guests that will bring people the information that they need to make informed decisions about what they want to follow, what they want to discover, what they want to explore. So in that vein, uh, as I said, the the first guest that I have today to talk to is William Farber, who is a a actually has a day job. He's a practicing attorney. He's got a very successful company in Chicago that that does title insurance. So to look at him uh, on the street, you really wouldn't think that he had anything to do with spirituality. But the reality of it is, is that he is a very popular, very successful, very powerful energy healer. I've actually ex- uh, experienced one of his sessions myself, so I'm I'm speaking from experience, and he's he's very very effective. So one of the things that uh, I, I, I'm particularly interested in talking to him about is how does he juggle uh, being a in the business world as well as doing his spiritual work because I know a lot of us have trouble trying to handle that. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much, James. What an honor to be on the first show. I mean, it's really exciting. I'm very excited, too, because we're kindred souls in a way, because I was a, a trial lawyer for many years, and in 2004, I got a 
kind of a wake-up call uh, in a form of a near nervous breakdown uh, to go do something else. And when I left, I basically just quit what I was doing to try to find out what, for lack of a better word, God wanted me to do. And so I have a Christian background, and I certainly know all of the things that come along with that. But the, the thing I was really interested in doing was helping people, particularly learning how to help heal people. I mean, I was I was an avid reader when I was a younger child, and one of the things that I read a lot about was magic and wizards and, and that sort of thing. So between my Christian background of of Jesus healing people and my fantasy world of being a wizard, one of the things I wanted to see is if I could learn how to heal people by just wishing they would heal or, you know, try to learn the magic words, in other words. And one of the things I found out, for me anyway, is that it's a lot more complicated than that. So one of the things I I hope and would ask you to share is, uh, what your background is, and how you ever got started doing energy work. Well, you know, it reminds me there was a movie back in the 60s called The Magic Christian, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, that exactly right. <laughs> With Peter Sellers. Anyway, well, yeah, my my path is really, really kind of interesting. It hasn't been quite the same as yours because I didn't actually have the impulse to leave the one aspect to do the other thing. Uh, just different different ways of doing it, I think, I would say. With me, they both kind of started at the same time. <clears throat> because when I was just beginning law school, that's the time that I was introduced to meditation, and, and I was very open to that, the whole potential of that, because I was kind of a miserable guy at that time. I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and <clears throat> just confused and... Uh, lot of angst from being 22 years old <clears throat> and what happened was you know I was introduced to uh, meditation which I wholeheartedly was praying would work for me because I didn't you know whatever I was doing wasn't working so well other than my I was married to a, a great woman who I'm still married to today but um and she was she was a big help but it was my own internal angst and uh the meditation experience was so profound and so transformative for me. And it happened right before I started law school. And, and, and in those days, I was working full-time for a large company and going to law school at night. So it was a, big, it was a challenging schedule. And the meditation, which I would just fit in, you know, in the morning and then before school at night, was so, uh, how do I say, balancing and so peaceful that I was able to accomplish a lot without the wear and tear and stress that I was noticing most of my friends were encountering. And so I thought, well, you know, if we want to call this spirituality, which it certainly is, you know, contacting that part of yourself, which is vastly deeper than the part of us that we encounter, our ego personality that we encounter day to day, every day. But for me, it solidified that these two things are not exclusive of one another. In other words, the spirituality or that contact with that silence enabled me to do much better at my mundane day job and and, uh, school at that time. So I always had the 
kind of an implantation in, in my psyche that the two things are potentially compatible and, and actually enhance each other. And then One of- after, after decades of meditation, I was introduced to the idea of energy, energy healing, energy work, where you could take that inner experience, that, that deep kind of transcendent silence, and actually share it with someone else in a physical way, where they feel it in the, in the physiology, and also it, it creates benefits, gigantic benefits to the physiology of the other person. So I was introduced to that by a Qigong master here in the Chicago area, and also a couple other energy workers. And it was a revelation for me that this kind of thing was possible, and the extent to, to which uh, the capacity that energy work has to really transform. So that's a very brief version of how <clears throat> the meditation kind of evolved into the energy work. One of the things that I run into, and I'm sure you do, is that there's a lot of people out there who love to tell stories about miraculous things that happened in their childhood that were um, indicative of some special talent. And, yes. You, you know, and the thing is, for me, I'll have to be honest, that I never had any of that. You know, I had a really white, upper-middle-class uh, background and and you know nothing there were no miracles in my childhood and i was wondering I, if i hear you if, same same story here there was no indication of me having any kind of special abilities or actually i was kind of all felt like i had less abilities than other people you know it was that kind of childhood although right the family environment was was very supportive and, and peaceful but uh I did have a traumatic event, uh, however. My, my mom passed away when she was 42, and I was just just under 16. Um, so when I started doing this energy work, I, I wasn't even consciously aware of, of it until my wife pointed, pointed it out to me one day. Someone asked me, did something happen to you that got you really passionate about this healing stuff? And I said, no, not really. I mean, I just you know got interested in it. And, and she kind of looked, she goes, Really? Didn't your mother die when you were 15? <laughs> and I thought, oh, yeah. And, you know, for me, I think, you know, to be real honest with you now that we're talking, it's kind of a, a feeling of, how, of utter and total helplessness going through a situation like that. And, and being gifted with this kind of energy work or energy abilities is, is a sense of empowerment, isn't it? You can actually do something about things like this and help people. So, and that's a, like maybe a lower level aspect of it, more of an ego aspect. Right. <laughs> but that's, I think, if I had to be real honest, that's what attracted me in the beginning was not being at the helpless, at the end of the stick, we should say, the bad end of the stick. We'll use that, that term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and being able to have some positive action that I could actually perform that has a tangible benefit for someone. So I think that's really what attracted me to it in retrospect. One of the things that, you know, at least for me, there is a really strong yearning to know more about why, you know, what I'm doing here, what other people are doing here. And I find a lot of people are that way as well, that, you know, there's just, there's something out there that they are drawn to and did you experience any of that 
Not until I started with the meditation experiences. For me, it wasn't so much a beforehand. Oh, I was, basically, it was kind of, for me, it was more like suffering, and I wanted to get out of the suffering. Awesome. Just so I could feel better. It really well. wasn't any deep questioning, what am I doing here and all this. But I will say that after I had the first meditation experience, which was very profoundly deep, we could say, then I wanted to know, well, what's, what is this? Why haven't I felt this before? Where does this, these kind of techniques and philosophies come from? And I started to become voraciously interested in reading everything I get my hands on and going to retreats and things like that. So it's, for me, the experience itself is what triggered that wanting to know. It, wasn't, it really wasn't before that. Was it any speci- uh, special kind of meditation that you were doing? Yeah, well, actually it was TM. Okay. And uh, back in the 71 when I started, it was extremely... It's, it's having a big resurgence now, but at that time it was really popular. Very accessible, you know, price-wise, especially for students, and uh, very pure. And um, the thing about that particular technique is, it's not a philosophy or religion. You just you, you get instructed, step one, step two, step three, and this experience comes out of it. Now, not everyone has a, a profound experience, but it's usually very pleasant. For me, it was very profound. Well, now we're getting into the weird zone because I, that's exactly when I was introduced to TM was in 1971 in a student program. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> and uh, I've always loved it. I, you know, it, that was something I've done from time to time, but definitely did not have the uh, experience that you you talk about. And that, you know, that gives me uh, an opportunity just to say, you know, one thing that I'd like to point out to people is that everybody's path is different and that if somebody has an experience or an event and they have a result from that then uh, that's their path and one of the things that I see a lot of people doing is they try to reverse engineer what people have experienced so that they can have the same result and uh, I don't want to say that if people tried meditation that they won't get what they want, but I just don't want to raise people's expectations about right. what's, what might happen to them. Exactly. It is. It's a highly individual thing. And some people, you know, never have a profound experience like that, but it's maybe something very subtle and some, some very slight benefits they notice and they continue on with it. Some people like me have a very dramatic um, instantaneous thing happened and, and neither one of them is better than the other quite honestly it's just different yes do you uh, do you have visions or anything like that pardon me do you have visions or or uh, talk to people or channel or do anything like that or um, you know with me not so much with me however when I'm doing energy sessions for people if there's information that needs to come up or if I need to become aware of something within them intuitively or visually, it will happen. But mm-hmm. it does not happen randomly. In other words, I don't walk around downtown Chicago conversing with, you know, archangels and stuff like that, at least not consciously. <laughs> my my yeah. life is, is fairly, uh, you know, ordinary mundane life. However, um, doing the energy work for 25 years or so, what happens is 
I'm so accustomed to, to vibrating or functioning on those those subtler levels that it just becomes more natural. So, to me, I would probably experience this like an intuitive feeling about something rather than a, a quote unquote channeling some entity or something like that. Right. Yeah. If I'm quiet, I'll sit down and write, and I'll, I'll have some remarkable things come through. And I'm thinking, you know, who said that or who <laughs> it wasn't me? But it's yeah. still there's still something natural and ordinary about it at the same time. It's not a, um, some people have dramatic channeling experiences where they feel like their own personality is kind of gone and then something else takes over. Not so much yeah. for me. It's more seamless. I mean, I, I still feel the continuity of, of who I am, but I am, uh, we could say communing with or consulting with some higher, higher sources of information or higher sources of perception. We could, uh, we could also say, Sure. Is there when you were doing qigong and and the other healing things were was there a technique that you were taught that? Oh yes. You, you uh, for me, it was reiki, everything? reiki, the reiki technique. <clears throat> okay. And now the reiki is, is another thing. It's kind of like TM, where you could learn it real easily, really quickly. You don't have to have any belief, or you don't have to study or understand it. It's just a, it's like it's an, an actual it's a, an activation of certain centers of energy in the body, and yeah. once they're activated, then you can this, you can channel this energy anytime you put your attention on it, and the energy comes through. You may not even believe in it. You may think it's silly, but it comes <laughs> just the same. It comes through because these are just subtle laws of nature functioning. These are not belief systems, and they're not. Um, you know, philosophies, even though there's some philosophy behind them, the philosophy is not required in order to experience it and to utilize it, which is what's so incredible about it. So I still, you know, I still teach Reiki once in a while, and I, and I, and, uh, I don't technically practice it anymore because of something, an experience that I had about three years ago where I was given a different system of energy work, which I've been doing since. And that came to me intuitively. No one taught it to me. No person taught it to me. Yeah, and we'll we'll be getting into that uh, after the break. I, I wanted to give the listeners a, a forecast of where we're going, and that is the next segment we're going to be talking about exactly what it is that Bill does for people in his energy work, and then after the uh, at about twenty till the hour, we're pro- or probably. Uh, very, very blessed, and very, very, and Bill is very generous. He's agreed to give an energy transmission to everyone so that you can experience exactly what it is that he is doing. And so uh, we're all very grateful for that, Bill. And uh, one of the things well, to be that, honest with uh, you, I'm more grateful than you because that energy helps me as, at least as much as it helps everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's, it comes, that's it has what to come I, through me first. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll also be talking about in the next segment, we're going to be, uh, we got to go pay some bills here in a second, but uh, we want to uh, let everybody know that we'll be talking about exactly what it is Bill does, how he does it, and not necessarily the actual energy transmission, but how does he make a career out of that? So people can get an idea about, at least from one person that's very successful, how to be in, uh, you know, how to do the energy healing work. And so it's, uh, I know a lot of people out there are dying to know exactly how can they, how can they be, uh, an energy healer as well. So, 
before we break off, Bill, uh, again, I wanted to thank you for uh, being with us, and we're we're so excited to um, uh, get your energy transmission later in the show. Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Although it's basically started when we first started to talk, but that's okay. Well, I thought I was just being excited. <laughs> but so that's you, huh? Okay. Well, I think it's collective too, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be uh, breaking off here any second now to uh, do a commercial break and uh, look forward to the uh, second segment of the show. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. He'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show. The Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. And I've been chatting with Bill offline here. And, and what I'd like to touch on first is what exactly is it that you do bill when you when you do an energy session yeah um it's very it's pretty simple and direct 
and uh, we'll, like I say, we'll do an experience of it in our last segment so people can get a sense of what it feels like. But essentially, it's a, uh, what I call energy wave transmissions. And what I discovered about three years ago when actually I was invited to give a weekend workshop and I thought, well, in California, I thought, well, I, I'd love to do it, but I'd like to do something. I felt like I wanted to do something of my own, different, instead of just Reiki, which is a, a wonderful thing, but it's something I learned, you know, from somebody else. And I felt like there was something in me that needed to come out, some unique approach of some kind. I had, a, like, a vague feeling. So I kind of sat down and started writing. And basically, I got these instructions. Do this, 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 step one, two, three, four. And I, and I read it, and I read it a couple times, and I thought, you know what, this, this really looks legit. I mean, it feels legit. It's just so clean. So I called up a student of mine, and uh, she came over, and I ran through these energy waves with her, and she confirmed everything that I'd been told about them and what they are and how they work. So I just, from that point on, I just started using these waves with groups and individuals, and I, I just found that they were very powerful, and also that people had not experienced anything quite the same before. So I, I was basically confirmed that, that feeling that there was something unique that was going to come through. And essentially, what they are is um, I transmit uh, life energy, we could call it, or, or uh, life force, but it comes in different frequencies, and the frequencies are sequential. So I always send the energy in a certain sequence. So the first energy wave that I send is called the clearing wave, and that has the the capacity to open up and clear out blocks to the, the flow of energy through the body and also through the emotions and the, and the mind and the spirit. And then the next energy wave that I transmit is called the awareness energy. And the purpose of that is to, like an awakening, it's, it's a clarifying of consciousness and expansion of consciousness. So it's it produces more silence and more expansion of, of awareness. And then the third energy wave is rejuvenation, and that is specifically uh, functions primarily to, to rejuvenate <coughs> the bodily, the cells of the body, the emotions, the mental capacities, and all that. And it works on all the different levels simultaneously. And then about a year and a half ago, I discovered a fourth fourth energy wave, which really is a a combination or a synthesizing of the first three waves into blending them into one. And I call that the unified wave, which is a, a very high vibration. And I always finish off with that unified wave. So in, this, in a group setting like this, we'll just run through a couple minutes on each wave. And people can have a, uh, a taste, a really pretty good taste of what this is. When I do one-on-one -on -one sessions or with, with groups, for, I, can, I can do a few hours of energy work with them. But, but we found that even a few minutes is enough to get people a taste of it. Well, we're really looking forward to that. Now, uh, you said this is just something that you intuited? Yes. That, that it came to you and as you were daydreaming or something? No, it wasn't really daydreaming. I was sitting down deliberately with a pad and paper, and I wanted to know if there was something unique that I could do at this weekend workshop. So it was a, it was a question. I asked a question. Yes. Fantastic. Now, did you, do you think you had to do, go through your meditation for a while to develop this uh, communication skill? 
I think probably, yes. I think uh, all those years of uh, meditation and becoming accustomed to those deeper levels of consciousness, when you get familiar with something, it becomes more natural to you. It's like any other skill, you know. So because I was familiar with those, those quieter levels of awareness, then when I sat down and I started to ask the questions, you know, that, 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 that quieter levels of awareness would answer. Not the thinking mind. The thinking mind did not answer those questions. It was uh, some deeper aspect of the mind that answered those questions. Wonderful. More universal. Yeah. Well, let me um, kind of take a right turn here and talk about something that I that I is is the purpose of this uh, radio show, and that is the practical aspects of spiritual work and energy work. Now, as I've introduced you, you have a day job. I do. And, and you also do this energy work. Yes. And do you see people who, uh, how do you feel about people who quit their day job to go do energy work? You know, it's such a highly individual thing. The only thing I would caution people about is that, you know, this energy work, no matter what the different styles there are, there are many, 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 many different styles. If they're legitimate forms of energy work, they're very, very rewarding to do. <laughs> and the results are rewarding. You get a lot of positive feedback from people and, and whatnot. And so one can get a little bit starry-eyed and enamored and think that it's going to be an effortless business to get into. You're just going to go out there and tell people what you're doing and people are just going to knock bang on your door all, all night, day and all night. Now that may happen to, to, to you, to anyone out here listening. My experience is that not so much <laughs> because in, on, on one level it is a business like any other business. And you really have to kind of come to terms with, and, you're, and I'm saying there's no right or wrong answer to this. If you feel like it's your path and you're comfortable heavily marketing your services in these in this arena, which is a very, I'd say quite honestly, a spiritual arena, even though there are many physical benefits from it. And um, as long as you feel uh, within your own self that you're aligned with that, that you have no problem working hard, marketing yourself, there's com competition because, believe it or you know, you may have noticed that anyone can take a weekend workshop and, quote-unquote, call themselves an energy healer, right? So we have to just be really honest with ourselves and um, look at the situation. And, uh, you know, like with me, I developed this gradually in, my, in, in the evenings and weekends. I've been doing that for a long time. Now, yes, I'm, I'll be 65 in March, so chances are in the next few years I'll, I'm just going to be transitioning into this full time. But I maintain the day job, and... Uh, and sometimes it's a struggle, but but most of the time it's it's just a benefit because when I'm doing this work, um, I'm not involved with the day job and vice versa. I'm fully at the day job, although a lot of people come in to see me with their headaches and with their stress problems. <laughs> it's like being a medic, you know, or <laughs> you, you you fix them up and send them back out to the, to work. So I, that's that's tremendously enjoyable and rewarding to be able to do that for people and also to empower. I recently went to work for a large company, uh, and um, 
I was there over about a year, and I, the feedback I got was that my the fact that I was at that company just produced a higher just a higher form of awareness for people, and we had a forty five percent increase in profit since I've been there. And it's not like I brought in all this myself, all this new business. It's just you know I'm not taking full credit for it, but it but awareness and clarity uh, is good for revenue. So I don't know if I'm answering the question well, but um. no, no, you're very eloquent. Um, one of the things that I experienced when I started doing my energy work was that uh, people are not did not beat a path to my door. I had to develop my practice, and I ended up going around the world uh, doing workshops and and doing uh, sessions and that sort of thing. But it was work. I mean, it was, although I love doing it, and I think that, you know, one of the great blessings in life is to, be, is to do what you love to do instead of having to do something to earn a living. But the, the reality of it was is that it's work, and you're out there with thousands and thousands of people who are doing, who are putting themselves out there as doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. And so it's it's really hard to develop a clientele. It's very hard to develop a uh, income that will su- sustain you. I mean, there are very very few people who are you know the big the big name people who have written books and uh, apparently make money. But I, I think that people should be forewarned that this is not a um, you know, a fountain of, of money here. That this yeah, is not just... necessarily. Not necessarily. There are a few. It's yeah. like you know what it is like show business. Some people are tremendously successful, and they you know they wind up in Beverly Hills and giant houses and stuff. And there might be other people that are equally or more talented that don't. So it's 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 sort of like that. I hate to use a an analogy like that, but you know, no matter how how good you are and how authentic you are, it is a karmic aspect to business. Let's face it. So you have to really look at, just investigate within yourself. Is this something you really want to commit to? And don't have, high, don't have uh, unrealistic expectations about it, that's all. And if you want to do that, then great. Just do it with your eyes open. Uh, I'm reminded of the saying that, you know, we need to have a sense of humor because... Oh, you know, boy, is that ever true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because we, you know, there's... I know so many people, and I've been involved with a number of spiritual organizations that had thousands of followers or students or mm-hmm. well-wishers or whatever, and all of whom wanted to be like the teacher. You know, mm-hmm. they all wanted to have their own mission. They all wanted to have their own uh, notoriety. And, and, and the thing that was pretty obvious is that not everybody can be the teacher you know and it's and it's like the the I, I love the way you put it and that is do it for the benefit and not for the money because yeah, and if it's you're going to do it for the money there's nothing wrong with that but just really research it like you start up like you're starting up a, a restaurant or any other business look at the market look at how much it's going to cost to live Look at how much, how many clients you're going to have to have, and how you're going to get the clients, and then just just treat it like a, any other business. 
Uh, and then if you decide to go forward with it on that basis, go for it. Absolutely go for it, for sure. But if you have a decent day job and you can in- incorporate it into your life, and then what will happen, the energy is different because then you're, when you're doing the energy work, you are definitely charging for it, but you're not depending on it. There's a lot different right. vibrations when you're not depending on something for your living. You feel you have a lighter feeling, a more open feeling about it, don't you? Oh, it, when you don't have to, when it's just like, I tell you, that, you know, to draw an analogy, when I, uh, I had to laugh when you were talking about your suffering when you were in law school. Uh, I thought you were supposed to suffer when you were in law school, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the, yeah, like boot camp. The, yeah, I mean, but the thing was is that when I, I think everybody starts or wants to be a lawyer for similar reasons that they people want to be energy healers and alternative healers and and energy workers and that is they want to help people. Yes. But when they get out into the real world, it's not what you expected because you've got to go get clients, you've got to raise, you know, you've got to charge for your work and you've got to get the people to pay you. You know, it's an interesting. I had an interesting experience once. I uh, I had a guy who was going to. He's kind of like a business counselor, a coach, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And uh, I put together some friend of mine put together an event, and there were three of us. You know, I was a healer. There was a couple other people of different skills, and we we put together a you know like a workshop, and people came and this and that and the other thing, and it was great. The people loved it, and I felt so good afterwards. And so he said, um, he looked at, it and he goes, well, he said, you know, this is obviously a failure, but what's your next plan? I thought, what are you talking about, a failure? He said, well, how much money did it bring in? How much did it cost to put on? He didn't ask me how the people liked it or if people were healed of conditions or anything. He said, and he asked me business questions. And it was like a wake-up call. In his mind, it was a failure. <laughs> In my mind, I was yeah. high as a kite. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, there's different aspects of this work, and you've got to make sure you're being real practical about it. That's all. Well, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. Let me ask, we've got just one or two minutes before yeah. we break again, but I wanted to ask this question. Is there anything that you would could say that, you know, we all, that there's an old saying that wisdom comes from experience and experience comes from mistakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was there, do you have any experiences you would like to share with the listeners about what not to do? Yes. Don't be, don't be overbearing. Don't be overambitious. Tell people what you do. If they're interested, follow through on it. If they're not interested, don't push. Be humble. In other words. Well, maybe that's part of it. But what I'm saying is be considerate of the other person's, uh, you know, where their interest level is. Be honest with yourself. And if if they're just plain not interested or if they're ambivalent, you know, don't. Don't put pressure on them because what happens is you become a zealot. You're so convinced that what you're going to do is, is like the, the be-all and end-all for that, that person that you have a tendency, I had a tendency, and I'm just talking about myself, to be overly uh, enthusiastic. And sometimes yes. it backfires. So what I'm saying is okay. just kind of relax with it. Let people know. Be quietly confident about it. Let them know what it is. Mm-hmm. But don't, don't force yourself on people. <laughs> How do you feel about giving away sessions, about doing free sessions? I mean, um, you're going to do a free session You know here. what? Quite honestly, it's like legal work. You do some pro bono work for people that can't afford it. 
and you can afford to do pro bono work if the people pay you that can't afford it. So I think I do, you know, over the years I've done a lot of that. I do some trades, you know, where people have valuable services they could trade. And sometimes if someone is just purely unable, unable to, to pay and I feel drawn to it, I'll, I'll help them. I don't have a hard and fast rule about it. Yeah. Most people, most people are customers. You know, they, they pay, pay for the, basically they're paying for time. You could look at it like the energy work is a, like a, it's free, it's spiritual, but the time, you know, people's time is worth money. Yeah, I know there are two schools of thought on that, and we're going to have to break here in a second. Yeah. But yeah. the one is is that you know this is a God given talent that we should not expect compensation for, and yeah, then the other one the says, heart, "Tell that to the heart surgeon who's got a God given talent." Yeah, <laughs> well that's said. A cro- that's a crock. In our culture, <laughs> it's a crock. In other cultures, it works. You know, for example, the gurus in India. Uh, I met a the saint, for example. I have, I have a close relationship with a saint, and uh, he never accepted any gifts or money, but he was supported. I mean, whenever he traveled, his expenses were paid for. He was, you know, had a place to stay and there was food. He didn't have any expenses because people took care of him. So, you know, if he didn't, if he didn't have that, he'd have to have money from somewhere, right? So it's right, cultural. Right. It's cultural. I, I don't think that works in our culture, quite honestly. That good point, good mm-hmm. point. All right. Well, I'm getting told that uh, we got to okay. go sell some sell some groceries. So yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, th- and everybody, stay tuned because the energy transmission is up, coming up next. Yep. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you been struggling to rediscover your sexual life? How do relationships really work? Are there some topics that should be off the table? Listen for Love, Sex, and Communication with host Reverend Dr. Stuart Block. Dr. Block has spent decades helping adults to have more pleasure, satisfaction, and higher levels of communication. It can mean more pleasurable, caring relationships. Love, Sex, and Communication can be heard live every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live. 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. And now, as they say, is the icing on the cake. And we'll get to experience an actual energy transmission from a very, very successful energy practitioner. So, Bill, I'll let you take it away. If there's anything that they need to do to prepare or, you know, lotus position they have to get into, certainly let us know. (laughs) Actually, quite the contrary. It's better to sit in a in a chair with the feet flat on the floor and not crossed. Some of those, some of the experienced meditators who can sit in a full <coughs> lotus, my hat's off to you. If you want to do that, go ahead. But with this type of energy work, it's typically considered most uh, beneficial to sit with the feet flat for the purposes of the, the energy flow. So, so we'll start off with a brief connectivity process where we'll sit comfortably. And then become aware of a center of energy located under, under the Earth's surface, in the ground. It could be a few inches below the surface, or it could be deeper. If it feels for you, it's deeper. So go ahead and plug in to that center of energy as though you're plugging in a computer into an electrical socket. And then become aware of an on-off switch. And then when you're ready, just go ahead and switch it on and let that current start flowing. Okay, now there's another center of energy located above the head. It could be a few inches above or it could be higher, wherever it feels appropriate for you. Is fine. So just plug into that and switch that on. Great. So now what we're going to do is we're going to initiate the energy waves in sequence, as we said before. So the first energy wave I'm going to transmit is the clearing energy. So I'm going to start that clearing wave now and let that run for a couple minutes. Now, there will be periods of silence. That's okay, right, James? Because yes, yes. This, is not a, this is not a guided meditation. It's not a visualization. It's direct transmission of energy, which is done in silence. So not to worry if it goes quiet here. It doesn't mean you guys are cut off or anything. So I'm going to start that wave now.
energy waves, if there are any physical sensations or pains or strong thoughts or feelings, just for now, if we could just let those be as they are, without any attempt to get rid of them or push them away, the energy will take care of them spontaneously. no need to try and quiet your mind down or do any kind of meditation technique during these energy waves. The best thing is to do, really don't do anything and just be present. And give ourselves a vacation from doing Now what we're going to do is we're going to 
weave those three waves together and produce the unified wave and let that run for a minute or so. Bill, we're, we're, uh, I don't mean to intrude, but we're running out of time. So if you can, uh, about a minute, is that yeah, okay? Yeah, a minute, perfect, okay. yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Bill. If you would like to contact Bill, his email is william at williamfarber.com, and his website is www.williamfarber.com. Right, or and, they can also find it with Bill Farber, either one. Okay. And uh, certainly, if you get a benefit from this, you, you probably would want to follow up and have a full session with him um but one of the things about get real radio is that it we're going to leave that up to you and um one of the things that i would like to we've got maybe two minutes left bill and you and i had a conversation earlier a couple of days ago that i wanted to uh let you make a comment on is that because so many people want to be uh energy healers and they're very vulnerable at this stage, and they they join groups or they join uh, people that profess to be teachers, and they end up having a very bad experience. And and can can you? Uh, I know you were talking about you worked with some people that had basically been in cults, and um, they'd had a very bad experience. And and yeah, so for those you know, people. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd even use the word bad, because in the beginning it was enthralling and beautiful and wonderful. Um, I would just, just be, you know, these experiences come from within. They're really not, someone else can activate the experience for you, but they can't do it for you. It's something you really, it's really, it's an internal process. Some people may benefit from being in the groups, and some people may benefit by leaving the groups even more. Um, I would just say, you know, it's hard to give advice like that because when you're in it and you feel all these wonderful things happening to you initially, you don't want to believe that it's ever going to stop or that there's anything, any other side to it, we should say. But right. just be aware. Um, check in with yourself. Be honest with yourself. If you start feeling a little bit uncomfortable, if the, the fees start getting really high for the next thing and the next thing, I'm not saying it's not a legitimate thing, but, but if you feel any kind of discomfort, Trust yourself, you know, uh, and give yourself some credibility and, and take a look at it. It may be time to go, it may not be, but it very well may be. And you're not going to fall off the spiritual path and go down and the, the, be swallowed up by the earth if you move from one thing to another, please. You have to follow your, your internal guidance. 
Well, it's, I'm being told that uh, our time is up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm so bummed that uh, we. I'd, I'd need another hour with you. But we will definitely invite you back, Bill. If people are interested in having a session with him, we've given you the information. And uh, uh, everybody, get real. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week... Open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.